Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Law podcast is brought to you by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. The U.S. Concealed Carry Association was founded to help responsibly armed Americans like you prepare for the before, during, and after of a self-defense incident. Their membership truly has everything you need to gain peace of mind during these turbulent times. Members get life-saving self-defense education, industry-leading training, and self-defense liability insurance. And best of all, it is 100% risk-free with their money-back bulletproof guarantee. Don't wait until it's too late. Click Learn More to explore United States Concealed Carry Association membership. And remember, the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and we just kicked off the Texas 88th legislative session last week. And here in the state of Texas, our legislature meets every other year for 140 days. So they have kicked in, but by the end of end of May, they will go out of session unless the governor pushes for a special session certain issues. And if some of y'all remember a couple of years back, we had election integrity uh, call for a special session on that. And that was when the Democrats, I think all of y'all remember, got on private jets and flew away to Washington, D.C., and they held up the 87th legislative session. But I could not think of anyone better to talk about this legislative session than the woman who heads up the largest grassroots conservative organization here in Texas, Grassroots America, We the People, and I'm talking about Joanne Fleming. Ms. Fleming, thank you so much for joining me here on the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hi, Alan. It's great to be with you. Good now, to see you. Absolutely. And and I'm so glad that you recovered from the uh, the heart surgery and you are ready to go. I tell you what, you got fire and brimstone in those eyes. I can see it. Absolutely, Alan. You know me. I know you. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. You know, we're going into a new legislative session and we, you know, the Republican Party of Texas establishes these legislative priorities. And one of the legislative priorities that immediately came up last week was about making sure we did not continue the practice of putting Democrats in as chairman of these committee positions. But the Speaker of the House of Texas, and understand, ladies and gentlemen, we have 150 in the Texas State House. We have an 86 to 64 majority of Republicans, 31 senators here in the Texas State Senate, 19 to 12 majority of Republicans. So we should be able to get anything done. 
So why is it that we were not able to have an open debate in the rules package about Democrat chairman? Well, because frankly, Alan, you know, the uniparty is alive and well in Texas. You know, we talk about the uniparty in Washington, D.C., where you have, uh, you know, um, Judas Republicans. I've stopped calling them rhinos because, you know, someone said, I think it was um, um the country singer Rich said we shouldn't um, cast John Rich. Uh, you know, we yeah, John Rich that we shouldn't um, make those kind of disparaging remarks about the the kingly rhino. So uh, Judas <laughs> Republicans works for me. Okay. Um, you know, Alan, and, and the problem is this: is that we do have Republicans in Washington and in Austin that don't believe the same things we do. Uh, principles, liberty principles, are something that uh, you know. If you if you stand for liberty principles, you might not get invited to the right kinds of parties. You might not get any of the governor's money, the lieutenant governor's money, or the speaker's money when you run for office. If you are really determined to take liberty principles and actually put those in action in Texas uh, to give people the kind of freedom that everybody believes that we have in Texas, then and you have to take a stand for those things. And we just, we don't have that. And there are, there are a variety of reasons for that. But, you know, it makes sense that a legislative priority that actually is supported by over 82% of Republican primary voters, that, that's important to keep focusing on, is the Republican base in Texas said, we don't want Democrat chairs of these committees. And they just, you know, uh, the speaker had it all worked out with Representative Guerin. And, you know, they passed this housekeeping rule about how, you know, we can't have partisan type. Um, we can't spend taxpayer money on partisan uh, policy discussions. Well, OK, so we're not going to have. We're not going to have any any discussions or anything that has to do with differences in the parties. Really? I mean, it was it was the most blatant act of total open in your face corruption I have ever seen. You know, it's incredible because you and I had this conversation on cell phone about that justification that we cannot, this is a public body, a taxpayer funded body, and therefore we cannot look at the priorities of the Republican Party to be something that we impart as one of our rules. You know, people out there, I think you would be appalled to know that 40% of the committee chairmanships here in the state of Texas and our legislature, which is controlled by Republicans, went to Democrats. And they think that that is perfectly fine. So why do you go out and vote for people that they're going to turn around and give you know power to the people that really ran against them or ran against the priorities? But my concern is the precedent in that if that legislative priority you know violated some rule, then all the legislative priorities they could say these are in violation of our rules because they are you know party centric and and you know sexualization of our children we don't want to see sexualization of our children now all of a sudden you're going to use the excuse that that is a not a public thing and we should not have a debate on it well it's ridiculous and and it affects real life so let's talk about what this actually looks like if we put it into practice mm -hmm. are we not going to 
restore criminal felony penalties for election fraud? Yes. I mean, last session, Republicans all knew they were agreeing on a bill that reduced voter fraud from a second degree felony to a class A misdemeanor. That was no oops kind of mistake. They all knew it because it went to conference committee. Okay, so this session, because the Democrats don't believe that there's anything, uh, any election fraud, we're not going to have that discussion. What about saving our kids from groomers, from pedophiles, from this drag queen vulgarity that's out and open and in your face? Um, Are we not going to try to save children? Are we not going to try to save children from sex change butchery? and chemical crack castration and sterilization. Are we not going to stand up and fight for kids? Are we just going to let predators keep coming for the kids? Is that what we're going to do? Because, Alan, that is a shame on Texas. And it is not Sam Houston's Texas. Hmm. <laughs> that is not representative of the Texas that our our heroes fought for independence and and made us a, a great republic. That that's not what we stand for. So I don't know what the magic combination is for this. I, I will tell you that I we are pivoting from the mess uh, of last week, and we're reaching out to legislators who said that they have they have either filed bills or they're interested in filing bills to take care of these legislative priorities that we must absolutely get these passed. Why? Because it's important to our kids, our grandkids, our life, our liberty, and our pocketbooks mm-hmm. and our elections. So no, we. We've got to we we've got to move this along. So you know I'm not going to keep looking back over my shoulder about the mess that happened last week and and wringing my hands over how I wish men and women of courage had stand had stood up in a better way. Uh, I, I can't do that. I'm going to pivot. We're going to look at trying to pass the best bills that will get our legislative priorities over the finish line with strong bills, and that means bills that have enforcement capability and they have penalties for violating those laws, if we can get Abbott to sign those into law. No, you're absolutely right. And the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that it was voted on and it was signed here in the state of Texas that the you know, the the crime for voter fraud, like you said, would not be a felony offense. And it was also something that was decided in the Texas Criminal Courts of Appeal, eight to one, nine Republican jurists, that the attorney general here in the state of Texas could not prosecute uh, cases of voter fraud, that it would go to county district attorneys. And of course, the counties where you have the biggest concerns are those that are controlled by uh, the Democrats and, of course, George Soros-backed uh, district attorneys. I live in Dallas County. Dallas County, John Crusoe, I'm behind enemy lines, Travis County, Harris County. How can we get the message to the legislators down in Texas that if you want Texas to stay a, a Republican state, a red state, a strong constitutional conservative state, a liberty principle state, a state where we close and seal our borders when we know that the federal government is not going to do it, how do we get them to stand up and do, as you said, Republican voters, that base voted for in the primary election for all of these eight legislative parties? Well, Alan, you know I've been at this for 30 years. I know. 
and uh, some days it seems like it's been a very long 30 years. But I will tell you that we do not have enough conservative base common sense voters who will even reach out to their elected officials and make that phone call. And and I submit to you that if you have not called your state senator and your state representative and the governor's office and the governor's senior policy advisor and his chief of staff and the lieutenant governor and the speaker's office, you have not begun to fight. Silence to an elected official equals approval. Mm -hmm. And you can sit around in your living room and yell at the TV. You can go to a coffee uh, club meeting in the morning. You can do whatever you want to do to gripe and bitch and complain about the sad state of affairs. You can even call Joanne Fleming. You can call Alan West. And we're happy to talk to you about it. And we agree with you. But you need to talk to your elected officials. And this, you know, this session, we're making it really easy for people. They can go to grassrootspriorities.com, grassrootspriorities.com. And you can find out who represents you and you can send a personalized email to them, which is the most effective way to talk to them. Their staff has to log those emails in and then pick up the phone and call and say, I want you to secure elections. I want us to be able to verify election results. We have to get rid of this thing called black box voting, where we all go vote somewhere at some point in time, and the results come out, and they say someone won in every race. And you can verify none of it. In many cases, you can verify none of it. Mm -hmm. What are we doing in the state of Texas holding elections that cannot be verified? And if anybody wants to challenge me on that, Alan can get you in touch with me (laughs) and you can prove me wrong. Okay, because we have been from one end of this to the other with State Senator Bob Hall. Mm -hmm. Bob Hall has been working on this for years and he can prove to you that elections are not secure in Texas. And so we need to have verifiable results. We need to have punishment, felony punishment for people who willingly, knowingly violate the law and steal votes. And you know what, Alan? I am tired of the media and other people saying, well, you know, there's not been that many cases. Okay, I don't care. Because how many votes does it take to steal a person's right to vote? Just one. Just one. Just one. And that should be such a sacred thing to us that we're willing to do everything to protect that right to vote. No, you're absolutely right. Now, one of the other things uh, I want to discuss with you is, you know, it's been announced that Texas right now has between 28 to $32 billion in a mm-hmm. surplus. And there has been all kind of back and forth what should be done about this. You know, what does Joanne Fleming say government should do with a surplus of Texas taxpayer dollars? 
Well, they should uh, give taxpayer relief. And I, what I mean is enduring long-term re relief. I'm not talking about nibbling around the edges and giving us another, you know, a hike in the homestead exemption. I'm not talking about that because everybody knows that when appraisals, you know, appraisals go up, then your tax bill goes up. And there's so many different types of shenanigans they can do at the local level to make you think that they have the, you're paying the lowest property tax bill you could ever pay. They are the most conservative people on the face of the planet. Well, if you dig into it a little bit, as I have for 30 years, you'll come to find out that there are plenty of ways that government can tighten its belt. And let me just say this, Texas should be, should be cutting spending. You know, it, it, to, to, to uh, waste a rich man or woman's dollar or a poor man's or woman's dollar is immoral. Yeah. To waste money is immoral. Because, you know, Alan, you and I believe that all this stuff is on loan from God anyway. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't waste his things. There are high, noble things that help children. Uh, the underprivileged, the people who can't help themselves. There are things we can spend money on. And there are very few things that the state of Texas should be spending money on. And those things are outlined in our state constitution. Mm -hmm. And we should be doing everything we can to shove state government back inside a constitution-sized box and stop doing this nonsense we shouldn't be doing. Like, I don't know, giving away tax money to Fortune 500, uh, 100 companies that, you know, just uh, they're, they're but we, we feel like we got to give money to them to come here. That's corporate welfare. And you know what happens with that corporate welfare? It comes right back around in the campaign donations. Of course. So there's plenty of ways that the state of Texas can uh, save money and we should be cutting spending. There should be a hiring freeze on right now. As well as, uh, but, as but well who, as we who wants yeah. to talk about that when they've got all these billions in surplus, but we, we are never going to get spending government spending in Texas under control until somebody decides that they're going to shove it back inside a constitution sized box and stop doing the stuff we shouldn't be doing, but it, keep, it keeps getting people votes. You know, it's the Santa Claus approach to government. Alan. It, it is. And as well as incentivizing illegal immigrants by giving them yes. taxpayer funded benefits as well. Uh, that that runs right. that runs into the billions of dollars. So, right. let, let, you know, if we get to the end of this session, uh, because I think this is the real question, and once again we have, like I said, eighty-six to sixty-four in the Texas State House, nineteen to twelve in the Texas State Senate, Republican governor, all statewide offices, but we still don't get these legislative parties. We still don't get these things done. When do the people here in Texas finally say? Enough's enough. I don't know, Alan, because let me just say that, you know, Republicans and at, look, I'm not telling people to go out and vote for Democrats. I, I'm not telling you to go join the donkey party. But what I am saying is you should make Republican primaries meaningful. All you general election voters that wait until somebody sorted it out and then you go vote red team, blue team, you're missing the point. The point is you as a conservative voter need to know who's running in every race in the March primary 
And that is when you need to make sure that you have interviewed those people for a job interview, because that's what a campaign is, is a job interview. And before you go hire them at the ballot box, find out if they have the same values, the same core values, and the things that matter to you matter to them. And, and don't sit out the primaries. Don't sit out the March primaries uh, because that's where, like I said, that's where you find out if you've got a Judas Republican running and you've got a true conservative running. And I think that's what we have to do. But look, Republicans have been, have had um, trifecta control of Austin for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So that means we've, we've held actually the statewide offices almost 30 years. And we've had the legislature for 20 years. So we've had all Republican control. So my one question is, why are we still talking about property tax relief? Alan, we have been talking about property tax relief since I came back to Texas 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying at some point, don't we need to solve a problem or two? I would think so. Same thing for reforming schools. I mean, we have talked about reforming public schools ad nauseum. We've had grading systems. We've had an A through F report card. We've had it all. But you know what? They still get rewarded. Even the failing schools get rewarded. They're flush with cash. They're flush with cash. And so, you know, parents now are rising up at the local level. And I tell you what, the local level, a rebellion at the local level is the only thing that's going to solve that problem for you. Because you're not going to you're not going to fix your schools through the legislature. You just won't. Yeah, you need to it, take the school boards. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think we've seen incredible success uh, with school board races starting up here, Carroll ISD in South Lake, Texas, and even down in, in Houston's uh, Cy Fair, their uh, their district there, and in, in Houston proper as well. So you know, if we can't get educational freedom, we can't get parental choice, you know, passed at the legislative body, and I think that's a critical civil rights issue. Uh, if you're denying kids good quality education and you're pushing them toward indoctrination, we even see that happen here in Texas. Uh, it's only just a matter of time. Let, let me close on this thought, and I want to hear your response. People forget that California used to be a red state, you know, that Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan came out of California, and now you look at what California is. You know, when you look at the map of Texas, you see the major urban population centers being taken over. I'll give you a great case in point. Dallas County went for O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, this last election, 63%. Are we playing around with a ticking time bomb here in Texas? Because it's only so long that East Texas, where you live, and West Texas can be the shoulders that prop up this red state. If we don't do something about the, 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 the core liberty principles and fundamentals in this state, if we continue to invite in these corporations and businesses like Meta and, and others that bring these populations from other states that continue to vote for the same failing uh, policies, it's just a matter of time. So final word goes to Joanne Fleming. Well, if you love liberty, you need to get connected with an organization or a group in your local community. And um, Alan, I'm sure, can point you in the right direction to some of those sources where you can find out where those groups are. But there are those out of us out there that will teach you what you need to do. Uh, you need to figure out what your passion is, and then you need to work at it. 
from a liberty perspective. So an active citizenry is very important and everybody can do something. You've got time to do something. And so, um, you know, and it doesn't matter what age it is. I mean, we're mentoring younger. We have younger activists coming in, uh, Alan. So I would just say that, you know, people need to figure out where they can get involved, where they can go to see the kinds of campaign job interviews. When we vet candidates, they have to sit for some very tough questions. We're doing more and more of those online. Um, we're happy to help people get started in their own communities, Alan. But, you know, everybody has to take personal responsibility. That's it. You, you, you know, citizenship and 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 uh, being a good citizen and being a good steward of liberty is not something you can sub out to someone else. We, the people, have to do it ourselves. And actually, people just need to go back to basic civics and study that because I am around too many people who don't know where we got consent of the governed from. And if you don't know what consent of the governed means, that means you'll will accept a governor who will assume power during uh, an emergency search situation and he will bypass we the people because he doesn't engage the legislature. And I'm going to remind people that your legislature is supposed to be the check and balance on executive overreach. Mm -hmm. So I want you to just kind of think back over the most recent history and see if you can think of any time in your life where your voice has been squelched. And if it has, you need to do something to make that voice heard. Liberty depends on it. It does. And we want to thank you for all that you have done on this ideological battlefield. You're at the tip of the spear. You're at the front lines in this fight for liberty. Where can people follow you in the great work that you're doing, Joanne Fleming, for Grassroots America, We the People? Where can they follow you? Uh, Well, we are at G-A-W-T-P on Facebook, Twitter, and True Social. You can also find us, our videos on Rumble and on YouTube, and you can uh, just search for Grassroots America, We the People, and our website comes right up. There you go. And I want to personally thank you for all of the great mentorship that you have provided to me and the friendship as well. And so I am locked shields with you on this battle, and we do win in the end. We do. We do, Alan. We do indeed. So Godspeed to you. You're a great warrior, Alan. God's we appreciate blessing. you. Thank you Bye-bye. so much for joining us here at Steadfast and Law Podcast. Thank you. Everyone, thank you so very much for joining us for this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Special thanks to Joanne Fleming, who heads up Grassroots America, We the People here in Texas. It's so important that we talk about what's going on, not just nationally, but also in our respective states and at our local levels, city council, school boards, county commissions. And that's what Joanne Fleming is doing. She is getting people activated by first informing them and educating them, giving them a task and purpose to go out and make a difference in the governance of the state of Texas and really the governance of any state. So please check her out. Follow her at Grassroots America, We the People. And just remember once again, California used to be a red state. The left has their sights on Texas, as they do with many other strong red states. But we should not have people who supposedly are on our side enabling them to topple constitutional conservative red states. If you like this podcast, please hit the like button and share it with others. Until next time, Steadfast and more. 
before they burn it down.